place it comfortably. Evening, everyone. We've got quite a few people on on Zoom tonight and um, a little fewer than we normally have tonight, so I was wondering whether we're competing with the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> Maybe we've got some closet Swifties in the group and we're going to the Taylor Swift concert. Um, the title of this talk is um, Falling. Um, and a bit of background is that um, Althea lent me a, a book a few weeks ago which is called um, Mr Timeless Blythe by Alan Spence, who is a Scottish writer and poet. And it's an autobiographical novel about the, uh, uh, the man known as by his uh, um, author's title, R.H. Blythe. And R.H. Blythe was an Englishman who lived in Japan. And he and Robert Aitken, who used to be my teacher for many, many years, ended up in a prisoner of war camp in Japan, that's how they met. And that was Robert Aiken's first introduction to Zen. And uh, so I had heard a lot of stories about R.H. Blythe through Robert Aiken, um, some very graphic stories of, um, of pilots crashing near the prison, prison of war camp and coming out alive and being taken in and things like that. So very, very dramatic. And um, and R.H. Blythe was the um, author of a very well-known book, um, which I'm surprised um, people these days aren't quite familiar with, but it's called Zen in English Literature and Oriental Classics by R.H. Blythe. And I'd highly recommend you read it if, you, if you're not aware of it. It's such a, um, a wonderful um, book to read, and it helps us understand uh, Zen through our own culture. But anyway, uh, and the other bit of background around falling is um, when the COVID lockdown started some years ago, I had a bit of time in my hands and I started writing um, fictional short stories, some of one or two which I've shared with you as a Dharma talk. And um, I put them together in a compilation which is called Ten Ways of Falling. And um, I didn't consciously intend to write stories that were about the fall or falling, like falling from grace or falling from status, whatever. But when I looked at the themes of all of them, that's what they're all about. Um, and so I came across this quote in the um, autobiographical novel, Mr. Timel's Blythe. And at the end of one of the chapters, it says, the leaves fall by gravitation. This is 100% true. But equally, leaves fall because they want to fall. This is poetry. And I felt very touched by that. And I'd add another element to it. Um, to be a leaf falling is sin. So when we look at the, the theme of falling, it's very much a a religious theme, as we know in in Christianity, there is the you know the theme of Christianity is about the fall of human beings from a state of grace, um, and then they're redeemed through salvation. That's the kind of resolution that occurs 
Um, we never really talk about the fall in Buddhism, but in Buddhism there's a kind of fall in that um, everything is just Buddha nature, it's the pure land, as we say in Hakuin's Song of Zazen. Everything is just wonderful the way it is and interconnected. And then we fall into a, a self-centered trance and an egocentric way of being. So there's a fall that comes as well there. And there's a resolution in, in that we can wake up from that trance. So even in Buddhism, there is a kind of fall. Um, and in a sense of nature, we have the seasons, we have spring, summer, and in the Northern Hemisphere, fall or autumn, and then winter again. And all of those seasons have their own energy and are wonderful in their own way. And a lot of poetry is written about each of those seasons. Um, but maybe it's just my own personal experience, but there's something particularly heartfelt about the fall, about autumn, when every everything turns red and crimson, and then the leaves fall from the trees. And then we have the the kind of the emptiness and barrenness of winter and then it starts up again. So there's something something very deeply touching about the fall. And the fall is also the theme of um, tragedy, um, which is a you know a very big theme in in theatre and literature and, and music and so on. More more than we really realise. And the ancient Greeks who developed theatre, you know, Western theatre, used to consider that tragedy or, you know, a fall from grace or a fall from status was a, the, the highest art form mm -hmm, above comedy or anything else. Um, so tragedy, fall, um, touches us in many different ways. Um, the thing about falling and coming back to these words, um, but equally leaves fall because they want to fall, and this is poetry, it's because um, leaves don't have any resistance to falling. Mm -hmm. They just fall. When the time is right, they just fall. And the struggle that we have in our lives is that we don't just fall. Um, as human beings, we resist falling. But falling is, is the act of impermanence. Uh, things drop and move on in a different kind of way. But we're often um, very fearful of falling. And the things that we're fearful of falling from are, um, in a worldly sense, status, whatever status means to us. For some people, it's materialistic or to do with money, it's other, other it's um, their, their, the way they look or their artistic ability or their skill at something or their intelligence or whatever. But we all fear falling. And um, Zen practice is a way, is, Zen practice is being like a leaf falling from a tree. And often the kind of language you hear around Buddhist practice or yoga practice or spiritual practice, it's as though you go to a higher plane, you know, it's like you become more elevated or you transcend or whatever. And that language personally has never resonated 
with me. But the experience of falling really resonates. Uh And, for example, um, John Kabat-Zinn, who's one of the founders of um, clinical mindfulness, secular mindfulness, often uses the word, you know, and encourage people when they do mindfulness. He says, drop into the present moment. It's a great word, great, great phrase, drop into the present moment. It's like you're elevated up here in your thinking, trying to get somewhere, and you let it go and you drop into your body. Uh And it's a very, a very good phrase to come back to. Um, It's not, not, you're not going to a higher level, right a higher level, (laughs) you want to come down to earth. Uh And if you think of the, um, uh, some book titles, you know, um, Pema Chodron, who's in one of our readings, um, when things fall apart, mm-hmm. that's the nature of practice as well. It's like our ego falls apart, our self-identity falls apart. And to use another book title by Mark Epstein, um, Going to Pieces Without Falling Apart, another great title. So that's the nature of practice right there in those titles. You think you're going to you think you're going to be a mess. You're going to end up like a, a liquid puddle on the floor. You're not going to exist or whatever. But when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and fall apart, and not keep striving for being better, something transforms. You know, and instead of falling apart, you kind of fall together, um, and you're more at ease with your life. So that is the nature of of practice right there. Um, We all have resistance. Um, We have resistance to even sitting. Sometimes I have it. Um, um, And then I I just sit with the resistance. I don't try and fight it. I just sit with the resistance and within five or ten minutes it's dropped away. And I'm glad I'm just sitting there. But we all have resistance. We have resistance to the fall. Um, But if we embrace that fall, like the leaf, that is the nature of practice.